Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. It is a wrap-up special. We're wrapping up uh, the early signing period, even though it's technically only about halfway over when we're recording this. But uh, guess what? Nobody cares about day two or three except for a few fan bases. It's Woody Womack, joined, of course, on the phone by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? I'm going to become one of those guys that really thinks that ugly Christmas sweaters are hilarious. <laughs> well, it's about time you you welcome you join the club. We actually had a at the uh, Oath Atlanta Christmas party was an ugly sweater themed. Um, when are we going to be? I guess who doesn't? All- I mean, this has got to be over, right? Well, the the problem you have is there was a time where, and I think it was within our span of being adults, maybe ten years ago, where you'd have to go to the Goodwill and find like a wool sweater with like snowflakes on it right yeah i think so my friend joe insists that he invented ugly christmas sweater parts oh, okay sorry joe i don't think so. <laughs> just let you know. your friend from manhattan kansas i should say it's not exactly a hub of uh of uh you know the zeitgeist <laughs> <laughs> sorry people from kansas i apologize <laughs> sorry joe but well listen but don't you remember that was part of the thing of the ugly sweater thing was like man i gotta go to the St. Vincent de Paul, and I have to find an uncomfortable, itchy sweater from the 80s and buy it, right? See, I guess that was – I never got into it because I just never thought it was particularly creative or funny even back then. Well, yeah. But, yeah, but now they have – I mean I'm listening to other podcasts and they have ads for a, you know, a company that just makes ugly sweaters yeah, and essentially – Mets ones. I think you can get one for all your favorite sporting teams. Yeah, yeah, you can get sports ones. You can get uh, you know ones with Larry David on the front of them. You can get oh, there are a lot of puns involved. I you know, mean, I bet. there's ones with Santa saying, "Ask your mom if I'm real." Spe- you know? Speaking of things that aren't funny, do they make a bad boy mowers Gasparilla bowl ugly sweater? Can we combine those two things that lame people think are hilarious? Add that and we could we could we could watch if we could watch the bad boy mowers Gasparilla bowl. Uh, wearing ugly sweaters, playing cards against humanity. We'd have the ultimate unfunny person. Uh, then we could have a uh, Sharknado for dessert. <laughs> Sharknado. Uh, so there, so there you have it. Rob and I just offended the eight of the ten listeners we have on the show. We're grouchy. We're a little bit. Uh, I've got a headache once again today. Uh, you know, Rob's Rob is uh well, You've been really driving all over the state. Spent the last forty-eight hours just being called names on the internet, so you know that can get to anybody. So I'm taking it out on you people. I'm getting called some major names. I mean, we're talking like you know George Carlin situation hey, here. In somebody terms. threw the C bomb down at you. Yeah. Now, if, if that person was is British, then uh, then maybe I'll cut them some slack. But other than that, it was pretty inappropriate. Uh, a bunch of British Florida State fans running around out there. Yeah, that's an unreported for abuse. Uh, that and I, you know, you know who I did report for abuse today? Someone who posted a picture of themselves with a with a baby leopard cub in the on the beach uh, on Instagram because I read an article that said Instagram is cracking down on these animal cruelty. So. Uh, Take that person I reported on Instagram. Hope <laughs> hope you get what's coming to you for t- paying five dollars to take a picture with a leopard. Um, all right, we've gone way off track already. This is what happens when Nick's not on the show to, to get get us going right into it. Let's give our impressions, Rob. I think uh, you know we sort of expected this to be a little bit more. I don't know, chaotic. I think we we talked about it in the lead up to it. We said you know I, I said I didn't like it. In the end, it really was sort of anticlimactic, wasn't it? I mean, there was a few big announcements and stuff like that, but for the most part, the day went rather smoothly, and it, it didn't feel like a typical signing day in terms of you know attention and stuff like that. But really, it just it just flew right through, right? I don't think anybody expected this many people to sign. Is really what happened. I mean, more than half the class is now locked up; they're signed in. I don't think the real drama is going to start until assistant coaches start leaving. Uh, the assistant coaches that recruited these kids to the schools that they just signed with, and then the kids want to leave, uh, and then they pick a fight publicly on Twitter, which will happen. Um, I think that's when the drama is going to happen. But yeah, for the most part, you know, aside from a couple commitment switches, uh, yesterday was relatively, uh, you know, relaxing. I guess. 
Now, one thing that uh, I, I say, I, th- I think that was probably the biggest takeaway is the amount of guys who signed, especially at the top of the heap. I mean, I've listened to some other college football podcasts where they just list players off. I mean, just listing name after name after name with no context. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to do that here, even though this is a, you know, a, a more savvy recruiting audience. A lot of the five-star guys now off the board. I mean, basically, it seems like Florida and California, the only ones who didn't get the man, the memo that, that we were doing this early signing period. Yeah, a lot of those kids um, just ignored it. <laughs> they were like, hey, you going to sign early, sir? That's <laughs> 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 just the go-to answer from uh, high school uh, athletes. When you ask them a question that they don't understand, they just say, sir, or the question mark on <laughs> It's really funny to the point where Rob and I say it all the time now. So um, what, the the biggest theme of the day, I would say, other than, uh, you know, so many people sending letters in, and we'll, we'll talk about Georgia, which I think is probably the, the biggest story of the day, was a lot of fan bases, coaching staffs, even local media members sort of saying every player that flipped uh, didn't flip, that they were not wanted by said school. I even saw friend of the show, Jimmy Smith, tweet out this morning that LSU had wasn't even recruiting Anthony Cook anymore because they've moved on. They, they, they had other people that they were working on. Let's, so, let's use Ohio State as a pivot point here to get into this. And I'm okay. not picking on Ohio State because I, 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 can, I can see them on both ends of this. So with Emory Jones, who was the quarterback that was committed to them for more than a year, he was committed to them for more than a year. Uh, he ends up signing with Florida, and Ohio State fans are, well, we never sent him a letter of intent. You know, Well, you know why you didn't send him a letter of intent? Because you knew he was signing with Florida. I mean, it's not like, hey, we dropped this guy. We carried him for a year. We carried a, you know, a top 100 player for a year for no reason just to drop him on signing day. You don't get to do that. Like, I mean, I guess you can, but nobody's going to believe you. Yeah, we didn't send him a letter. Well, you know what? Even if you didn't, that means nothing. And, and you, can, you can go on the other side with Ohio State, who got a commitment from Tyreek Johnson, a five-star. Um, and the Florida coaching staff with him the entire time is, oh, you know, he's not a take. He's not a take. Well, he's not a take because you know that he's not going to sign with you. So this is you spinning it behind the scenes. And there are a lot of people that cover these schools that get information straight from the coaches and don't bother talking to anybody else and just regurgitate that. So it spins the narrative. Uh, and they're able to do that. And for, for anybody to believe that Ohio State wouldn't have taken Emory Jones, uh, they just decided after a year of having his commitment that, no, nah, we're good. We don't need a quarterback in this class. You're insane. Uh, you're stupid. You're, you're, <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, even hard to believe that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, I wrote an article, I think, of seven guys who flipped by the time it was all said and done, seven, you know, relatively high profile players and and everybody had their, uh, you know, he, he didn't flip. The, the bottom line is, you know, this is like, it's essentially like a breakup. You know, you're, one of your friends breaks up with a, with a girl and you're like, oh, man, what happened? You know, oh, it was mutual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or, you know, generally the girl will say it's mutual. Uh, but the guy will try to always say, oh, I, yeah, I dumped her, dude. Yeah, I kicked her to the curb, bro. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, bro. That single life was that for me. I mean, that's the equivalent of it with these commit with these flips. It's like no one can – and it's both sides. I'm not saying the school is lying every single time. Sometimes it's the kid trying to save face because maybe the school told him he didn't have a spot. But the bottom line is there's just – there's no flipping anymore. It's over. We can't, I, I, I even put it in my story that, you know, no one will admit to it. Nobody will cop to it. Nobody will say, hey, I got dumped. No, everybody's um, moved on. Yeah, I've moved on. Kruger's moved on from this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we, actually, no, we've moved on from him. Uh, you know, he, yeah, the Texas so, State yeah, Championship did not flip Nick Kruger. We, we, we did not send him a letter of intent to come to this podcast. He was not invited. Uh, he, was yeah, not, he, he was not a take this week. Right. We didn't even tell him we were recording. He decided uh, he, he went to the st- state championships because it was his only option. So, um, sad. so that was this, exactly. That was probably the biggest number one takeaway. Number two, I mean, Georgia, holy cow, what a recruiting class. This is really, I would say, peak Alabama recruiting, right? I mean, or the year that USC got a bunch of guys like this. I think – I can't remember what year it was. Or they, none of them panned out, so it doesn't really matter. But um, 
I would say this is one of the most impressive runs we've had, especially at the end in a long time, don't you think? It's been, I mean, you want to talk about the stars aligning. I mean, they get a playoff run. And in the year that they get their playoff run, Florida State changes coaches. Tennessee fires its coach. Florida has a coaching change. Everything around it just kind of lined up perfectly. And here is Georgia, just Kirby Smart, ready to reap the rewards. And, you know, it's great to be opportunistic. And they were. And I I think everybody thought they were going to have a good day yesterday. I don't think anybody thought they were going to have that kind of good day yesterday. That might have been one of the best recruiting days I've ever seen for anybody. Yeah, so we go down the list. Currently, they have uh, six five-stars committed. Yesterday, they got Jamari Sawyer, who's been coming for a long time. Cade Mays, you know, the five-star who, who from Knoxville. Uh, Justin Fields signed his letter. And then they landed, uh, I'm trying to, uh, Brenton Cox, who's right on the cusp of five-star status. If went for some, you know, uh, probably, <laughs> I, I don't want to say why he was not a five-star, but. Uh, you get yourself in trouble. Some, right, exactly. So he, he still has a chance to be a five-star. We'll put it, I'd say he has a good chance uh, if I were a gambling man. If I were gambling, Bill, um, you mentioned they Kate, ended up getting right? Channing. Yeah, I mentioned they ended up getting Channing Tindall last night, who's from Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, you look at their commitment list. They got Devon Wilson see, off of uh, Florida, who was committed to Florida forever, the defensive back. Oh, that's right. Who I famously yeah, he was a, he was, with no offers, and then he never talked to me again, despite that. <laughs> well, that's just you probably disrespected him at some point. So if we look at it, go just look at Zamir White from Laurenburg, North Carolina. Okay, so that's ACC country. You figure, okay? They beat Clemson for him. Justin Fields, the five-star quarterback. We know they beat uh, everyone. They beat Alabama. They beat Florida State. They beat Florida. Adam Anderson, LSU. You know, from Rome, Georgia. They beat LSU. They beat Tennessee. James Cook. From Miami, so they beat Miami. His brother played State. at Florida State and became a star at Florida State. He was committed to Florida State for a year, and they still beat him. Right, and then Cade Mays from Knoxville. You're basically listing the you know a lot of your rivals here. They got Nadab Joseph, who was committed to Alabama. You know, another one of the 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 uh, never it's not you, it's me situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we never we never even heard of the kid. Uh, he's only been committed here for four months. So. No idea who the kid is. Um, you know, uh, you look through it, it. Like I said, it can't be understated the type of day they had. I think they deserve uh, full kudos here. And and I think one thing that that hasn't perhaps been discussed, it, it's been said a lot when in reference to Tennessee. You know, they hired Jeremy Pruitt. What a great recruiter he is. Blah blah blah. Well, you're also taking away Alabama's best recruiter, taking him off the road. And and now they don't have a person in that position. So you're going head to head for, you know, a, a player like Cox. Jeremy Pruitt was involved there from Alabama's end. Was Jeremy Pruitt going to take him to Tennessee? No chance. But if Jeremy Pruitt stayed at Alabama, would he have would they have had a better chance to get him? I think so. So uh so Alabama right now, you know, they and they lost one of, you know, they lost a a Juco tight end, a four star who who Rob decided to make a four star over his own accord. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, he, uh, he was supposed to go to Alabama and he went, you know, to Tennessee. So it wasn't a great day for, for Alabama yesterday, despite what, uh, you know, some people might tell you who they wanted or didn't want. The bottom line is Georgia's commitment list is stacked. I mean, they're far and away number one right now. I'd have to take a look at the, uh, so it's so hard with the point system. You know, I don't know the point. I don't either. I feel like maybe we're supposed to know the point system, but I don't know the point system. <laughs> no, we're definitely supposed to know it. They have a, we'll put it this way. They have a 400 point lead, which I, mean, I don't care what the scale is. That's, a, that's <laughs> If this is a Premier League soccer game, this one is way out of reach. <laughs> yeah, this is a, I'll tell you what, you, man. How great was firing Mark Rick for everybody? I mean, it was good for Miami. It was good for Georgia. I mean, I, never has a fired coach improved two programs the way Mark Rick does. Yeah, it worked out well for everyone. Like you mentioned, the perfect storm for Georgia. But now, that sometimes all it takes is the perfect storm. And next thing you know, it's a momentum thing. And, and they're going to be good next year. I know they're losing. I think they, they're losing something like 30 seniors or something, a ridiculous amount. Yeah, but they have 35 quarterbacks now, so it's okay. Right. They're, they just keep roll. They just keep rolling. It's a, it's a limp biscuit situation here with, uh, with Georgia. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> big, big shout. See, this is what, this is an episode where we need Nick's post-production. We're not going to have it. That would have been a great time for him to cut in that It'd song. Be a good time to hear um, the cars of Nookie. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, stick. I I remember. Uh, well, never mind. I don't want to get down the the Lint Biscuit Road. Um, all right. So Georgia had a great day. We know that they're, they're number one. They're probably going to be number one until the end. Even though you know some other teams are going to make moves, but because so many of their guys are signed, and the guys who didn't sign, it seems like they're trying to replace with even higher ranked players. That's that could be their spot to to lock down. Now, the second story we want to talk about Clemson. Now they finished the day with four or five stars of their own, and I believe uh, all, all those guys are signed. Let me just double check. Yeah, all you know they got a commitment from uh, KJ Henry from North Carolina, a guy that they had been on for a while, and then the surprise of the day, I think, really across the board was Jackson Carmen, the five-star out of Ohio, committing to Clemson and then afterwards uh, making some comments about how Urban Meyer might be on the downside of his career, and Dabo pointed that out. And uh, that was kind of your uh, your national media story of the day, the I thought. I really when they asked Dabo about it, and he didn't like deny it. He was just like – you know, you say a lot of things in recruiting. It was like my favorite Mad Men quote when Don Draper gets caught cheating on his wife and she calls him on it and he goes, people do things. I mean, that was basically Dabo's answer when they were asking him about it. Hey, people say things, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, that's that was pretty much it. He, he, I believe he said that he lets the recruits drive the conversation. Yeah, which is the same thing as people say things. Yeah, he, he uh, you know, big, big shout to, to Dabo because Dabo – plays the aw shucks role quite a bit. But, uh, you know, one one time Dabo Sweeney called me on my phone out of nowhere. And I said, yeah, hello. And he goes, this Woody? And I said, yeah, yeah. It's Dabo Sweeney. I said, oh, hey, coach, how's it going? You know, how can I help you? And he said, I had a, I had a prospect's mother sit in my office today. And I said, you know, hey, you just please let us know when you're going to commit. And she told me, yeah, well, we got to tell Woody first, and then we'll tell you. <laughs> and I said, "Who who is Woody?" And I had to find out. And so he called me to let me know that he'd never heard a parent tell him that, that they were going to tell me before he's, him. He's unfamiliar with the Womack system. Yeah, well, that was in 2014, or maybe even 2013. So now, you best believe that Davo knows. Uh, Knows the the wrath of, of Womack. The, even though if we're playing risk, I'd say that wrath is uh, shrinking by the day. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on. Uh, I don't know very many risk strategies, but I know I'm losing. You always have random grocery store workers and people in the airport to scream at. <laughs> That's right. To, to be <laughs> also the the pest control guy got it yesterday from me. Oh, no, uh, we'll, we'll tell that story another time. So, what was your take on that? First, you know, I think. Clemson continues to somehow take such small classes every year. They've got 15 commits right now, which is why they're only number 10 in the team rankings. You go back to last year, they took 14, and they're doing such a good job of retaining people in the program, not having transfers. And even though they have guys leave early for the draft, it's not really affecting their overall roster in terms of you know how many guys they need to go out and get it. This just shows that they're going to have a lot of players back next year. Uh, do you think we're to the point now with Clemson where they are – going to be on that elite level no matter what. I mean, they do have more three stars than you, you might think by looking at their class, but, but are we in, are we in, uh, you know, the, the, the best days of Clemson where they're just going to be unstoppable? You know, it really does kind of set up where if, I mean, if you look at that league that it might for at least a year, maybe two be a Miami, uh, Miami Clemson battle, right? Florida state is <laughs> still does not have a quarterback, which will be a problem going forward unless they can find one. Uh, so at least I think next year, at least, uh, you know, it's those two schools that everybody's going to be looking at. And, you know, the more that this goes on, like we always say, momentum compounds very quickly in recruiting um, that national championship. Uh, you're seeing the the fruits of that, I think. And I think you'll continue to see that. I, this is just how this business works. It's it's all about compounding success. And <laughs> that's when you see a team get hot for years. I mean, Alabama started this way. Right. And look where we are now. Yeah, I th- I, and it's Trevor Lawrence has been committed for so long. The, yeah, I forgot you buried player. the lead. The greatest, player, yeah. the Woody Womack proclaimed greatest player, football player of all time, signed yesterday. <laughs> That's right. And dr- talk about drama free. I mean, he's been committed forever. Uh, I mean, don't you? You look at it. They got the number one, number four, 
Uh, let's see. Number one, four, 14. Where's our boy? Where's our boy, Henry? Um, one, four, 14, and 23. That's pretty impressive. Um, so I'll talk about, you want to talk about a battle I want to watch? You, you know, Trev's not going in. I, I ain't no red shirt as that uh, video that keeps, did you finally Look, watch that video I sent you, by the way? I, I did finally. <laughs> Finally, see it. If if Captain wins a national championship, they're not going to bench a quarterback for Trev, no matter how good he is. You can't. uh, We'll see. It's too much of a risk. No, no, Trevor could be a million times better, but you can't. The risk you take by benching a guy that just won the national championship is far too great. Even if you have like a mechanical robot that is you know engineered to throw all completions, just in case there's a malfunction. You can't be the guy that made the switch because if you do and then you lose a game, all hell breaks loose. Well, we, we talked about this with Jake Fromm. We, we basically predicted it two weeks into the season that if he keeps winning, he's not coming out. And that has been the case, of course. Uh, even after they lost to Auburn, he didn't have a great game. There was no even no wavering at all on on uh, on that situation. Obviously, probably going to lead to Jacob Beeson leaving. So we'll be following that one. That'll be a that'll be a next season story because you know I think Trev will probably have won the job by uh, the end of uh, <laughs> spring have, practice. Trev will probably have won the Heisman Trophy by the end of spring practice. Well, it's tough because you know Kelly Bryant was a famous uh, another one of my uh, one of my QB crushes. Uh, even though people told me he was going to be a tight end, I said, eh, we'll see about that. And even if, even after he went one for 13 passing in the Shrine Bowl, I stuck by him. And uh, here he is getting ready to play uh, in the college football playoff. So one of the uh, national media stories, other than, by the way, we, we mentioned it earlier, <laughs> not one time was James Cook referred to as James Cook as his first name. It was Dalvin Cook's little brother. Yeah, well, they've got to sell it to the masses, you know. Well, yeah, but I understand. But you can say they got a commit. They got a signature. They got you know five star James Cook, who is the, the younger brother of Dalvin Cook. He was never referred to as James on first reference, and that's part of the reason why he's not at Florida State. If you listen to what he says. So, anyway, the other story was Kirk Herbstreet, uh, who, by the way, I have Kirk's number in my phone. At least I thought I did. And, uh, you know, popped up on the Snapchat, people you should add. And <laughs> I, I thought Kirk just had boy three boys. It's it's clearly one of his family members' Snapchat's account, accounts. Uh, and I think it might it's either his wife or one of his kids. So I have maybe- Lane on there. And when he was the coach at UFC, USC, he used to snap. But he has not done it since he's been at, at FAU, unless he changed snap. I mean, I'm going to look while we while we work on this story. I'm going to look up and see what the username is. Uh, that that is. Uh, I had like, you know, the, you know who the, is active on Snapchat as far as coaches that I've added to my phone is Mike Leach. He doesn't snap a lot, but he is a uh, habitual story watcher, and he will watch the, my story within like five minutes of me putting it up. He's he's viewed it. One of the very first views of whale whale Snapchat viewer. Well, spe- speaking of which, uh, uh, of Lane Kiffin, Chris Kiffin, his brother, would often snap me at when I was at events and be like, show this to whoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you Him t- remember when we were at that seven on seven last year, and I won't name the coaching staff because I don't know how legal it was. And there was one of these handler types walking around the seven on seven with the coach on FaceTime to every kid at the event. And they were, <laughs> they were running up and just doing like talking to the coach via FaceTime while the, while the handler guy was holding the phone. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that, yeah, that was good. It, actually, we did we did some FaceTime, didn't we? Yeah, we jumped in the frame. <laughs> that, that that was fun. I can't seem to I can't seem to locate. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't give out the Snapchat name of Kirk's teenage son or whatever on the show anyway. Um, but uh, so so basically, we talked about it at the time when him and Jackson Carmen. Got into a little uh, beef on Twitter, which you know I love. I mean, I've got people calling me all types of names on Twitter as we speak. And uh, basically, Kirk had a back and forth with Jackson saying, I'm trying to prepare you for the locker room, blah, blah, blah. And if you remember, he tweeted back at Kirk saying, I'm pretty sure I'd have no problems in Dabo Sweeney's locker room. or what?" And, and he, he might have said Clay Helton, I think was the other one. And he signs with Clemson yesterday, and then you had people attacking Kirk, saying you need to apologize. Of course, uh, that was that was story number one. 
Story number two was because Micah Parsons, uh, who we've talked about several times over the years, uh, who famously named his dog Brutus, which led to uh, you know rumors that he was going to flip to Ohio State from Penn State, he eventually decommitted. He took an official visit to Ohio State at the beginning of the year. College game day was there. He went on set. He took a pictures with you know several of the people, and uh, that turned out to be a violation as well, which Ohio State self-reported. And then said they were going to stop recruiting him as part of their self-imposed penalties. Now, I was told in typical we never wanted him fashion, uh, I was told that Ohio State basically essentially had decided that maybe they didn't they didn't really want uh, Parsons, so they had no problem then saying we're going to stop recruiting him. Now, do you believe that? Who knows? I mean. But they didn't. Needless to say, the people I talked to didn't seem too mad about it. They weren't like, "Man, Herb Street screwed us," you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but that then became the story of the day for you know aggregation nation. Kirk Herb Street costs alma mater recruit. Right. I mean, how many times did you see that on Twitter yesterday? Way more than I should have. I did. Good on Kirk for not really responding. If he did, I didn't see it. But I mean, I don't know. People are crazy to, to actually think that's the reason that. Uh, let me see what old Herbie had if he if he piped up about it at all. Uh, I think personally, um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, oh boy, we go to Kirk's thing and he's quoting Chris right right when I'm defending him. He's quoting Christmas Vacation. Uh, I bet Kirk is. I bet Kirk loves ugly Christmas dinner parties. Jeez, uh, come on, Kirk. I'm trying to defend you here on our show. Jeez. Well, anyway, bottom line is, if you heard that story, it's so overblown. Micah Parsons was was essentially born to go to Penn State. He was always going to Penn State. He he got tired, wanted some more attention, went around, flirted around. But this was not a huge blow. Now, now missing out on Jackson Carmen, which they did, that stinks for the Buckeyes. But was it Kirk Herbstreet's fault? No, not so fast, my friend. As uh, as Lee would say, right? Yeah. Sunshine scooter, sunshine, sunshine scooter, is that scooter. Yeah, scooter. Is it scooter? What's a scooter? Scooter is the Oklahoma wagon mascot. Uh, it must be Scooter because he was fast. Yeah, Sunshine, Sunshine Scooter, right? Uh, let me. I'll. I'll. I'll yeah. Lee, yeah. Lee. Lee Corso. Uh, he was <laughs> going straight to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> let me see. Uh, Sunshine Scooter. There you go. Uh, for his speed on the football field, I'm sure he was. Oh, he was also a member of uh, Alpha Tau, as you would say, Omega. ATO, uh, which was pronounced tough for those at, at home uh, keeping score. The AU makes a F sound. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, was that one of your rival well, so fraternities? How did it? Uh, we didn't really have rival fraternities. How did that happen? How did it like Greek frat just start pronouncing a letter the way that they wanted to from the Greek alphabet, or what happened there? Well, boy, you want to talk about cultural appropriation, Rob. I mean, if you tell someone in Greece about these fraternities, they're so baffled. <laughs> I bet. I bet. the concept of them, number one. Number two, the, what I'm told because – Look, we just I, use your alphabet and do beer bongs. You should respect that. Right. So I tried to write this story when I was in college. And, of course, you know, the the man wouldn't let me publish it because they thought people would get angry. Because I had done a story where I walked around and asked people – why they use Greek letters and got a bunch of quotes of people being like, sir, (laughs) I would have given you the same one. If you were just like, why do they use Greek letters? I would have been like, so bro, do you think you know anybody (laughs) that could buy me beer? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that would have been me because I was a little older in college and I did make quite a side hustle. That's what would have happened. You would have been like, excuse me, sir, come over here. Let me ask you about this. Do you know why your fraternity uses Greek letters? I'd be like, bro, can you buy me a 12 pack? (laughs) And I'd be like, yes, that's $15, please. I'll buy you a whole cake. We would have had a great exchange. Uh, so anyway, the way it started was evidently in the early days of these fraternities were essentially secret societies, right? So you'd have a passphrase that would be, you know, the people who were smart at that time were in fraternities and they would have a uh, passphrase so they could meet and talk about, you know, politics and whatnot in public and not get chastised by, uh, you know, the, 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 the man or whatever. So they would, oftentimes they spoke Greek or Latin and they would use a three word phrase as like a, you know, like almost like a speakeasy situation. Right. Gotcha. So, so over time, those phrases then got shortened to just the first letters from each phrase. 
at which point ah. they started calling them by the letters, at which point they started saying things like mu. Phi mu. Which is, How is that supposed to be pronounced? Phi me. They, well, that's <laughs> the, not as cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not as cool, but there's no phi. There's no pi. Spoiler alert. There's no pi. It's P. <laughs> what was yours, Rob, by the way? Delta Tau Delta. But here see, this is what I understood, at least in the in the in frat Greek, is that that sound, the uh the phi sound makes a phi and a phi depending on which letter it comes after. And I think this just might be frat rules. I don't think this is actually a Greek thing. But like uh so it's like a phi, it's alpha phi, but it's it's like uh Delta Phi, for whatever reason. Yeah, no, it would be the same. It would be the same regardless. Although yours would be, as I said, it would be a. T- it's tough, essentially. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to get. I don't want to. I'm sure I'm going to say something wrong, and then I'm going to get corrected and scolded by Somebody, uh, some scholar. My, jump into what he mentions here and let him have it. Yeah, call, call me the C word. <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> please <laughs> C bomb at him. <laughs> Which, by the way, I had somebody named Vino. V-I-N-O say, I can't take anyone who's named Woody seriously. And I was like, your name is Wine. <laughs> and then he told me to go find a go find a female, which I found uh, definitely offensive. Um, hey, look at you. You're coming over to the socialist side with me. I don't like to I don't like to hear women called called females. I'm sorry. That's degrading in my opinion. All right, moving on. We, we got way off topic there. Uh, we're talking about the Kirk Herb Street drama. Uh, Emery Jones, he was one of the guys that uh, it's not you, it's me situation with, with Ohio State. He had been committed forever. I mean, this was a guy that- Committed in, in July in, of 2016 and Ohio State just decided on signing day, nah. Right, exactly. Yeah, they didn't tell it. Yeah. I think they never even met him. Uh, I don't think they even knew who he was. So, so he, the conventional thinking for the last three or four months was he's going to go to Alabama. He'd taken several visits there. Uh, it's closer to home for him. It, it, it just seemed like you know he he wasn't necessarily being secretive about it. He was going over there a lot. Then these coaching changes happen. Dan Mullen comes in, and keep in mind now this was not reported yesterday. Mississippi State was Emory Jones' first offer. I remember it vividly. He was—he might have been a freshman, uh, and he got an offer from Mississippi State. Friend of the show, Tony Ballard, had told me about it, and uh, I remember because because he said you got to see this kid. And I tried to get him. We we had almost done all the rivals camps, and so I tried to get him to come to St. Louis. It was like the last one, and his mom was like, "We'll come, we'll come." And of course, you know, trying to get from Atlanta to St. Louis on like three days' notice was not really feasible. Uh, so, so he didn't end up coming. But now Mullen gets the job at Florida, and all of a sudden, it becomes you know much more realistic possibility. He takes an official visit there last week. I think I think he went to both places. He went to yeah, Florida and Florida to, State, right? And, and and I saw you know rumblings on Twitter who was going to get him, what was going to happen, all that stuff. In the end, I think we knew going into, and I think we predicted it in our predictions, which I said would be 100%, and then we hung up and I immediately someone told me Cade Mays was going to Georgia and not Clemson. <laughs> so, so our 100% was out. Um, what do you think? This this has to be sign number one that Dan Mullen was a good hire, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be just fine, uh, especially he's never going to have problems recruiting quarterbacks, though. I mean, that's kind of where he's made his mark. That's what he advertises. Hey, look at, you know, Dak Prescott and Tim Tebow. Uh, it, it's that that's going to always be his area of expertise, which is why it's I've said it's a nice fit for Florida, because guess what Florida can never do before him is find a quarterback. Uh, so they brought in the one guy that like falls into quarterbacks accidentally almost. Uh, so I think he'll fit there. You know, there are other issues. Obviously, you don't ever want to say anybody's a slam dunk hire because just no, there's no such thing. Anything could go wrong. But as far as quarterbacks go, I feel pretty confident that Dan Mullen will be able to continue to bring them in. Yeah, except for Herm Edwards. I think we can say <laughs> yeah, that's going to Herm. Disaster. I can say for certain <laughs> that that is not going to happen. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was a home run. I, th- I, I we're talking I think- about people that came up close to calling me the C word in my mentions. The Arizona State fans do not like us making fun of Herm. Really? I didn't. Nobody tweeted at me about that. I didn't realize. But that. you to remember, I used uh, to live in Arizona and I covered them for a while, so I get a. I have a healthy, healthy ASU following. Well, I know I did have somebody reach out to me and say they were trying to get in touch with the uh, Arizona State staff, and I had talked to some people there and said, "Hey, uh, tell them to try MySpace." 
Yeah, I said, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? Who's doing what now? Is it the same people? And they said, yeah, yeah, email. Tell them to email. Yeah, <laughs> tell a handler yeah, to email. Which, yeah, that'll go over well. <laughs> at which point uh, I digitally laughed in the person's face. And said, <laughs> okay, I'll be sure. I tell them to email. Tell them to email, and that's it. I ain't messing with those devils. Uh, no, now they did sign twelve people yesterday, including getting AJ Carter, one time LSU commit out of Louisiana. So uh, they're currently ranked seventy uh, seventh in the country. So I think it's less than ideal for uh, for Arizona State fans. But going back to Florida, if you're a Gators fan, you've I mean you've got to be stoked. Emory Jones can play he was a five-star up until the last rankings which you know i still think he he should have probably been a five-star uh you know it was a split decision on that one to drop him down and i i I would not be shocked to see him go to the all-star game and and have a good week and and maybe earn it back light it up down there because i mean this is a guy that, that that has a cannon for an arm this is not just like oh he runs around a lot you know as i saw some people write oh he's got to develop Everyone's got to develop. They're high school teenagers, but arm strength, never a question with him. I think Mullen's going to find a, the perfect way to use him. I think he, I think he is going to be effective running the ball, but you know, I, I see it as you know, slam dunk number one for them. The Gators fans seem to be relatively excited on, on Twitter yesterday. Um, they're currently ranked 22nd. How many guys did they sign yesterday? Thir- they signed 13 according. Why didn't Garage sign, by the way? I don't. I know that the reason Damage didn't sign is because they're – legitimately mulling whether or not to take him. Uh, This isn't a we didn't want him situation. Uh, I don't know why Garage didn't sign. I don't think that was a we're not going to take him situation. I think that was more of a I want to keep my options open situation. Um, Yeah, he – so, but – well, that's one they need to get. For a short answer, because he's smart. That's why he didn't sign. (laughs) Because why would you? Right, because there's no literally no incentive to sign early. Yeah. Emory Jones, the, the two biggest guys they get yesterday are Emory Jones and Trey Dean, both guys out of the Atlanta area. And I think this will be a chance for Mississippi or for, for uh, Florida to tap into what Mississippi State was doing. Get back into Atlanta. You go back and look at last year's class, I mean, the class of 2017, and see where guys were from. They weren't pulling elite players out of Atlanta. Actually, they didn't sign one player from the state of Georgia last year. How's that possible in Gainesville, you know, even South Georgia? They were recruiting at too many weird off the beaten path Florida high schools. Right. They were, they did, then they were recruiting Louisiana, which, you know, was for the most part was just a tease, you know, uh, we got a guy from Hampton, Virginia. I mean, you know, Texas, come on. Well, the good news is for Gators fans that they're not Florida state right now. So, Right, so so we got to talk about that uh, before so we can get called even more names. I made a joke last night uh, at the expense of uh, Robert Cooper, who was one of the four players who signed yesterday. Or did did five sign or four? No, Man, five if you count. They got would be late, so five after would be right. Well, I th- I think they might have adjusted this because we only have four people listed now, and I think there was four yesterday, not counting would be. So. Well, either way, it's no more than five, no, no, no less than three, which is not ideal for now that more than half the class is off the board and they're holding on to what nine commits, something like that. That's an estimate. Yeah, and their their second highest ranked commit, Asante Samuel, did not sign. He appears like he's gonna he's gonna take a look around. Um, they had several three stars. Who, they had two three stars who didn't sign. I guess in Chaz Neal and Christian Meadows. I know Meadows has had some injury problems, so uh, you know he. They may be trying to send him down the gray shirt path or something like that. The problem with them right now is that they had the coaching change. The class that Jimbo had in place before the coaching change was not good. It was not a typical Florida State class. The coaching change happens late. He doesn't have a staff in place. And what are you going to do? I mean, if you're a guy like Emory Jones, you're going to sign with with the school that doesn't even have a complete staff in place. Or are you going to sign with Florida, who seems, you know, that even though they still have some hires left to make, at least there's some momentum there. The nine man class is not ideal ever. This year, it's doubly not ideal because now 60 some percent of the class is off the board. And now you have to play catch up with a significantly smaller player pool. Uh, you can't just go in and start flipping guys because those guys are signed. It's going to be mighty interesting. And I still, you know, I'm a Taggart believer. I think he's going to be a great recruiter. He's got all the right ties. He knows how to recruit the area. It's just a bad situation for them. I don't think it's anybody's fault necessarily. It's just the way it crumbled, I guess. 
Yeah, and at some point yesterday, I tweeted out the team rankings for all the the new coaches, and I think the Oregon fans jumped on it because they're ranked 10th and Florida State was 70th or something like that. I mean, you can't get too excited considering Florida State is going to fill that class with players. Now, are they going to finish 70th? No, of course not. They'll probably be somewhere in the top 30, I would have to imagine, uh, by the time – because they will get some more – four. there are four stars out there. They might have to go to California. They get Thompson still probably and, you know, I, did Bolden sign today? I haven't – I've been driving from Tampa. From I, I think – I think Bolden signing tomorrow. So they'll get Friday, him. They'll get Warren. Uh, there's the other Warren commit at Armwood that they could they'll probably also get. Um, right. I mean, they're they're just they're guys for them out there. And we should point out the joke you made because I thought it was a very good joke at Robert Cooper's expense. If, if you want to retell it. Oh, okay, that could be the mini tweet of the week. Yeah. Well, Robert said. Let me. I'm trying to find his exact. Uh, Robert he said we ain't done us, yet. You know, he said, "I hope y'all realize we ain't done." At which point I said. Florida State has only signed four players, so I think we know you're not done. <laughs> Hope you're not done. <laughs> Rough form in <laughs> class. And then now I got people. You're a C-word. On the internet, it's like I've known this kid for four years. Right. I've known Robert Cooper, you know, you know, uh, 25% of his life, sadly. <laughs> when he's, when he's not picking on a stranger teenager online, you know. Right. So, you know, guess what? My reputation among the kids is that uh, I'm a savage. I have heard uh, that said. Uh, you've heard it when I'm not around, right? Yep. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's well known. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're, you're Woody. You're the Twitter guy. <laughs> you know, that they think it's funny. It's my way of, you know, getting a slight edge, uh, in a business where all these kids get us, <laughs> Rob gets, what did you get called that one time? <laughs> Juris Parks called me. What did he call me? Nathan or something? Chris. Chris. <laughs> Scott. It was Scott. And the way he said it was so confidently. He was like, man, it's been a long time, Scott. I'm like, ah, all right. <laughs> Didn't even correct him. Fine. My friend, my friend Ryan Gogenmeyer would often get called Brian, and he would just respond to people with, my name's Ryan. And he would say it, <laughs> he would say it kind of upbeat like that. It would be so they'd be like, Come on, Brian. And he would go, My name's Ryan. And then like smile, like, <laughs> you know, it was it was classic. It would make me laugh. It makes me laugh just thinking about it. Uh, a baby on the way. How about that? He's going to be a dad. Big shout. Hey, uh, congratulations, person I just heard of 20 seconds ago. Oh, boy. You would love Ryan Gagamar. Ta- often referred to as the funnier one of me and him back in the, back in the day. He is uh, more of the Kramer type as to uh, the Costanza in me. Uh, people people love the Gog Dog. So uh, maybe we, we should get him on the podcast at some point once uh, – Maybe when we start our parenting podcast after he has a kid. So that pretty much wraps up our talk of the early signing period. I think some big news will happen today when most of you hear this. I think Terrace Marshall is going to commit to LSU. You mentioned Isaiah Bolden. Braden Lindsey, who's a Rivals 250 wide receiver out of Oregon. I think he's going to go to Notre Dame. So that not nothing's done. I think we're all going to rest now. This is essentially halftime, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, yeah. So please leave me alone. Um Everybody out there. <laughs> yeah. People today already. You know, I got 14 kids I need in the rivals camp. I'm like, that's 8% of the camp. You got 14 division one players on your, at South Dade. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's, uh, that's one of the main, I tweeted that yesterday was we have people bothering us about the camp or sending us their film yesterday. You're like, it's signing day. If it, people are like, why don't you watch it later? Well, guess what? Now I'm never going to watch it. You shouldn't even suggest that. Yeah, I got 15 <laughs> guys with Alabama offers. We went two and five last year. <laughs> oh, All right. So let's move on. Time for Tweet of the Week. No production this week. So we had a lot of good tweets. There was a lot of people fired up yesterday. But our boy, Israel Mukuamu, right before I unfollowed him in a ceremonial unfollowing on signing day, Signed with South Carolina yesterday. Congratulations, Israel. He tweets, some of y'all fans be in y'all feelings too much. (laughs) We're doing what's best for us. Y'all should be happy that we're going to college, furthering our education, and playing at the next level. That's the real joy in all this, no matter what university we sign with. 100 emoji. I mean, what an earnest tweet, huh? Yeah, you don't see many earnest tweets these days. I guess maybe in recruiting Twitter, the, the kids still keep it real. Yeah, so so big shout out to Israel, and then uh, 
for for our typical funny <laughs> funny tweet of the week, we had somebody post a tweet that says, "This guy slaps your mom. What are you doing?" And it looks like you know this giant muscled up person, right? Yeah. And he, he he's like some type of physical trainer. And our boy Corey Owen Harris, who signed with Kansas yesterday, the highest recruit to ever sign with Kansas in the Rivals.com era, retweets it and said. First thing first, I don't have mum. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Is it like the British version? M-U-M? Yes. So, so yeah, he's responding yeah. to a British guy. <laughs> Said, I don't have mum. Don't, don't be calling his mom mum, okay? He did not. <laughs> I have met his mum. Uh, where did I meet her? At that Orlando center. I met her in Orlando, yeah. She was hanging around. His he mom was not to be trifled with. Now his mom, uh, you know, could pass for for being his sister. Very, very uh, young lady and uh, nice lady from the city of New Orleans, sending her son off to Lawrence, Kansas, where, it's, where Rob is beloved. That's not a I bad. Saw. It's not a bad town. Um, it's you know, it's got actually like a pretty nice music scene, and there's some good restaurants. It's close enough to Kansas City. Uh, Lawrence is cool. I enjoy Lawrence. I think you'll enjoy it there. I have no concept of where Kansas is on a map. <laughs> Lawrence is a big blue pocket in the in the midst of a giant red state. Is basically what it is. I'm just saying. I look at I look at a map. I, I look at a map. If you if you said Woody pick Kansas out of the on it's the right map, in the middle of the goddamn thing. Uh, boy, it would be tough. I would I would it's tell you right, in that. the middle. Like if you threw a dart at the middle of it, you'd probably hit Kansas. Yeah, it's weird because you know Kansas gets a. It's right next to Colorado. Yeah, it borders. It's the the east on the east border of Colorado. But you just don't think of it. It's it's the divider, right? Yeah, because it's mean, so flat. So you get your mountains out in Colorado, you get your sunflowers in Kansas. Uh, there's really not really thought the Rocky. There's really nothing west good in the western part of that state. Uh, but you know, Wichita's fine. Manhattan, Lawrence, and Kansas City are all great places. I was going to say, I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little rockier. The John Denver was fucking. If I would have sent that word to Nick to edit it, we would have just had to send it to Bill with the S word in it, and he would have probably, you know. Not rolled the dice on that one. That would not be getting through. So, all right, time for rants and recommendations. This is our second episode of the week. We did not complain. We didn't complain earlier, did we? I don't remember us complaining about anything. I, I, the only thing um, I want to complain about this week is that nobody has ever flipped. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the next time one of my friends decommits from his girlfriend, I'm going to tell him. Uh, Heard she moved on. She yeah. didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah. She moved on from you. So I don't know if it's uh, true, but somebody in her recruiting office called me and said that she'd moved on. And she didn't even send you a letter. There was academic concern. There was intellectual concern. Really she didn't think you were the field. She didn't think you were smart enough to meet her parents. Um, so tomorrow or Friday, whenever this airs, will be my birthday. Big shout to me for having a birthday. Everybody okay. has Congratulations, one. Congratulations, I unfortunately will not be speaking to the woman who gave birth to me most likely on my, on my birthday in typical fashion. Uh, but you know, you get a, you get free things on your birthday, right? Rob, you get a, you know, uh, you get a, it's much like uh, my cousin Ernie on veterans day. He goes around and collects, you know, you reap the rewards, right? He, he fought for our country. You can get some free pancakes at IHOP or whatever. So, you know, you get a free, this place I often get coffee from, we won't mention any corporate entities, you know, you get a, you get a free drink, right, on your birthday. So last year, I went there on my birthday, and I had earned free drinks, right, based on, based on making a certain number of purchases. So I said, you know, hey, I ha and it said, you know, redeem your birthday thing, click on it. I do. And I hand it to them. I say, yeah, I have a free drink here. And they go, okay. She scans it. It took one of my earned free drinks. It wasn't the birthday free drink, right? Uh, did you call this woman so, a name? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't her. turns out it wasn't her fault. Good thing I didn't call her any names. I went and did some research. At this particular place, you have to say, it's my birthday. I need to use my birthday. There's evidently two buttons on the machine. One for a redemption of an earned free drink and one for a redemption of said birthday drink. Ah. But I don't want to tell strangers it's my birthday, even though I just told <laughs> hundreds of strangers listening to this podcast, perhaps thousands if it's a good episode, that it's my birthday. Today. I wish that we were together 
for one of these all-star games or bowl games over the holidays so I could take you to like a cheesy chain restaurant and tell the staff it's your birthday. Oh, no. I would kill myself. <laughs> I, you have no idea the horror that would that come across my face. I might run out. I might just leave. <laughs> Stick me with the check. Typical, typically, when the when Rob and I are traveling, Rob is the one who just wanders off into the night. Yeah, well, to be fair, if you ask anybody that's known me for any amount of time, it's not just traveling me. I just when I'm done with something, I'm done with it. I don't. It's called the Irish goodbye. I don't need to tell you that I'm leaving. I just need to not be here well, anymore. It's it's not really good to do an Irish goodbye when you're in a f- strange city and we rode in the same car. It's not like we met at a we met somewhere for at, for a party and you left without well, saying the, goodbye. There are pressing issues that need to be attended to at times. One time, Rob and I were standing in a neighborhood, and he just walked off into the dark. <laughs> I just did. I was like, "See you until the next day." That's pretty standard for me, really. It's been that way. Well, Nick, Nick once called me, and the phone rings. I'm sleeping in bed. Wakes me up at like one thirty in the morning. Oh, this is when we were like, in Tampa. Yeah. I was like, "Hello." I think you guys went to a hockey game or something. I was like, "Hello, what's what's up?" Like, I thought maybe he was in peril. You know, he needed my help. Something happened, and he goes, "He goes, man, I think Rob's really mad at me." And I was like, "Why? What happened?" He's like, "He just walked off, disappeared." And I was like, "Nah, he just does that sometimes." Yeah, uh, that's just him. He's not mad at anybody. So, so that's what happened. So anyway, I do not want to tell. Listen. Corporate America, it's fine. Thank you. I appreciate gifts. I love, you know, my family doesn't give me any gifts on my birthday. <laughs> so, so, you know, I appreciate a free coffee, but don't make me tell a stranger. Uh, it's my birthday. You know, it's my birthday week. Maybe that's part of the plot where they know some people like normal humans have so much shame that they won't cash in their free drink. Well, guess what? I tell you what, I will be cashing in. Uh, my free nibbler at Zaxby's, which they send me a postcard in the mail. How nice of them. And you just take it in and, and you can order it. Say, I got a coupon. You don't have to say, I got a free nibbler, which by the way, is just a chicken tender on a piece of bread. Boy, oh boy, man. I'll tell you what. The internet is just laughing at bad boy mower, Gasparilla Bowl. Like it is the funniest damn thing anybody's <laughs> ever written. Like it is. Oh, <laughs> read some tweets. Read some tweets. OMG, the bad boy mowers ad. And then there's a picture of guys on a mower. It's, yeah, that's hilarious. People selling lawnmowers. Is it because bad boy? Is it because it sponsors a bull? I don't understand the humor. I need somebody to explain the joke to me. We've had ridiculous names. Are we going to act like there wasn't a Beefo Brady's Bowl? Like, I mean, there well, are ridiculous names every year. We don't need to do this. I think the most ridiculous name was Battle Frog. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Right. The Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl, which I think was some type of, uh, what was that? Like a, like a CrossFit? We'd have to ask Andrew Ivins. Uh, Who is a CrossFit coach. CrossFit teacher. He, boy, Andrew Ivins. The shame that came across his face. So he doesn't have a printer, and he knows that I print out rosters when we go to games. He calls me before there was a game we were both going to, and he's like, I need you to print something out for me. And I'm like, yeah, sure, email it to me. He's like, I need you to print it out for me. I need you either not to look at or not to make fun of me. Like, all right, what is this? So he sends it over to me, and it's – it's like the receipt that he has to bring for his CrossFit trainer. Like uh, he's becoming a teacher and he's taking the class the next day. If you would have seen how much money that class cost, it's, I was I was blown away. I could not not make fun of him. So, of course, I showed up at the game and it was CrossFit City. And now you've made fun of him on a podcast, which guess what? The last time I was making fun of Andrew Ivins in person – we almost had a throwdown, if you remember. Uh, yeah, not with Andrew. It was almost though. a fight. Andrew does listen to this podcast, so he'll hear this. Um, yeah, not with you and Andrew, though. With you and a bystander, as I recall. Yeah, somebody came to his defense, uh, much like Robert Cooper. Um, oh, we've even we've even got Spanish uh, people making. I search for bad boy mowers, which I wonder how Diddy feels about this, uh, you know, bad boy situation. Um, Gabrielle. Elias is tweeting about it in Spanish. Uh, how about how about our boy Jim Vibert says it has come to this Temple versus Florida International and something called the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. I love college ball, but come on, man! Then buy your own bowl game. What's this guy's name? And name it the Jim Twitter Bowl or whatever the hell. You what does Jim do? Jim's a communication and marketing strategist, journalist, and former advisory to successive Nova Scotia governments. Okay, so this is the only good bad boy mowers joke. Maybe not the only one, but the only good one I've seen. This one's actually funny. So our boy Fire Marvin, who didn't, and he's a Bengals fan, didn't, isn't he gone? Didn't he retire or walk away or something? I think he's 
coaching out the year. Yeah, and then he's not. Well, Homeboy needs to change his. Anyway, he tweets at the bad boy mowers. How many legs for a free bad boy mower? Which I appreciate that. That's, that's well, you know what else is really funny? Ugly speaking of arguing whether no, this is right. This movie or not. <laughs> Speaking of which, did I send you? I, I saw a meme the other day that said people are so busy arguing over whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie, they forgot that Die Hard Two is a Christmas movie. Man, I, I thought I sent that. To I you. think I, I saw. saw it. I, I just try to block any anything. Anytime I see that name around the holiday season, I just try to not read. What's what's the happening. funniest thing is that guy celebrity hot tub getting enough retweets to play the Bloomin' Onion at the Outback Bowl. That is the bad boy mowers of internet college good football. For, good for Ryan, though. I, you know, I, I enjoy Ryan, and I, I mean, if he wants to be the the blooming onion, you know, what's really funny is Sharknado. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, listen, your boy Ryan is the Sharknado of the college football bowl season. I don't know him. Maybe you know him. I do. You just refer, you refer to him by his first name, like every other podcast I've listened to. Uh, they are really happy about him being that blooming onion. So get. Get your Twitters ready because it's going to be lit uh, when he's dressed up as a blooming onion based on getting 10,000 retweets. So before we make fun of anybody else who's a direct competition to our website, before uh, Gambling Bill gets us fired, before you say the S word, which you almost did in our Dumb and Dumber reference, I think we should wrap it up. Uh, successful signing day. Yeah, Harmless, great. I would say. Give us another... Give us a – I'd say we need a different time. It, it cannot be three days before Christmas, right? It shouldn't be. Just because of A, the bowl prep, and B, the co- – I'm really worried about what's going to happen when these college assistants start leaving and everybody wants out of the letters that they signed. I'm not really worried about it because too bad. You're an idiot. Why did you sign early? But there's going to be some public spats, and you know I'm always here for drama, man. I'm messy like that. Oh. Yeah, we'll be back with more drum. We will have a normal episode uh, next week, probably Wednesday, when before Rob heads up to Under Armour. Rob and Nick will both be there, and then I believe perhaps we can have a podcast off. You and Nick maybe can get distracted from your work and do some podcasts there. Well, I do podcasts at Army, and we see who gets the best rating. Well, see, here's Ooh. the thing: you have the better players. Plus, all the excuses. We also have Pharrell, who is like sworn to never allow us to do a podcast in an All Star game ever again. So we'll be fighting that battle. Uh, Meanwhile, (laughs) you're opening, you're operating in the open field with all the good players. Boy, the excuses starting already. You hear them? Heard that's on the record. So we will try to have a podcast. I'll do a Sharknado podcast, and we'll win the internet. (laughs) Guess what? We got four new iTunes reviews in the last week. Wow! I forgot to mention that earlier. We are now up to 58 in our quest for 100 uh, reviews, 56 five stars, one four star, and one one star, which one they star didn't leave trash. a comment. I wish – is there commentary on the one star? No, there is not. There is no commentary. I wish there was. So the reviews we got comes from not Nick's brother, which may or may not be Nick's brother, Alex, who has been on the show, who says, more Nick, please. He's the best. Beats the rest. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Alex, if that was you. Don't uh... – So, you know, we, it's not like we don't invite Nick on the show. He just doesn't come. Well, don't don't make Alex mad. He may smash his iPod or something. <laughs> smash his iPod so he doesn't have to hear it anymore. Uh, then we got one from uh, Dr. Jam, I believe is the name. He says, love this episode. Really enjoyed the predictions, especially when you talk about my Georgia Bulldogs. I think we're going to get Cade Mays and Sawyer. Yeah, you were right, Dr. Jam. Keep up the good work. And Woody, please don't pick my Bulldogs, LOL. So, uh, we oh, we will be making more bull picks next week. So, uh, that will be good as well. So, please leave us a review. And we will read them at the end of the show and annoy people who don't like Well, we're going to have a new XFL, man. Vince McMahon moves closer to reviving the XFL, sells 100 million WWE shares or 100 million stock. Boy, we're going to – I cannot wait. I will watch this. Uh, It's going to be horrible, but whatever. I mean, the last XFL was bad. The best thing about the XFL was that Jeff Brom uh, clip where where he got taken off on the stretcher and then the next week did like the wrestling – Thing where he talked into the mic. Yeah, I also liked the, the concept of like they weren't going to do kickoffs. I remember, and it wasn't as cool as they made that to be, where they were just going to put the ball at the fifty and let the teams rush to it. Well, was that was that 
Was that no kickoffs or no coin tosses? It was no kickoffs. It was no opening kickoff. I think there were kickoffs after touchdowns, but I think the way that they originally slated to start the games was to set the ball on a tee at the 50-yard line and then just let let it be like a free-for-all for the, for the football. We have a number. Do you know how many people we know who coached and played in the XFL, I know, you and thing. I? Yeah. Which, which uh, we have people who have worked – uh, at the Rivals Camp Series in prominent roles who were prominent XFL coaches, showed us championship rings. See, why don't we uh, promote that? that? It's like, come get the best coaching with XFL veterans, Jimmy XFL. Yeah, instead we get ripped by our competition. Don't go to internet camps. <laughs> what, would, what would an internet camp be exactly? I, I, like a no, esports situation? No, it would just be people sitting around laughing at Sharknado, I think, and thinking, arguing about whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich or if Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> And, and retweeting to get your boy to be the blooming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I'm sorry. I'm the only, am I the only college football person who's not, who thinks it's funny that this guy is the blooming up? I don't think anybody really thinks it's funny, but it's like good for Ryan. You know, people, he's a nice enough guy. Uh, usually, if you don't mess with me, I won't mess with you. And I've enjoyed my interactions with Ryan Nani. So I will uh, leave him alone in his quest to be a high calorie appetizer from Outback Steakhouse. I will mess with anybody. People don't have to mess with me. Uh, I will openly mess with people. Uh, so take that, Ryan. Take that for data. <laughs> I don't even like blooming onions. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. That wraps it up. We're done for real. We'll be back with another episode next week.